What's going on, you guys? Welcome back to the Help More, Sell More podcast. This is episode 14, and today we are going to talk about the dichotomy of positive and negative selling. And we're going to really get to the point of how both are great ways to sell. There's absolutely nothing wrong with either way. And in fact, you could use them in conjunction. Joe, are you psyched about this topic? You know what? It's so great that you mentioned this, Jeff, because the problem that a lot of people have is that they think that they always have to be in one line. You know, unlike, you know, think of it from a Star Wars perspective. You know, there's either the Jedi or the Sith. So if you're all about the Jedi, you're only focused on the positives and the positives. And then, of course, if you're the Sith, you're only focusing on the negatives. And really, when you really think about it, you don't want to have a dogmatic approach to your sales. You really got to look at what's the trigger. Are people buying into the benefits or people buying themselves out of the pain? We're going to show you a little bit of both. Yeah, I'm stoked about this topic. I think it's something that gets overlooked pretty heavily. And I do, to your point, often find people either only sell on relieving pain points. So they only target pain points. That's all they talk about in their entire sales process. Or they only target the benefits, the goals. And that's all they think about. When really, you should be looking at potentially both. You know, just open your eyes up to both opportunities. All right, you guys, so we're going to dive into this topic pretty heavily. We're going to share some stories like always. It's going to be a lot of fun. If you could do us a quick favor, if you're listening to this podcast, please drop us a five-star review wherever you're listening to this and consider sharing this episode, this show, in fact, with anybody you know in the sales industry who owns their own business or is just an employee. You know, this could benefit anybody who has their hands on selling in some way, shape or form. All right, so let's get into this thing now. There's a big question that we try to answer with each episode. So this is like the overarching theme today, right? Are you a negative or a positive salesperson as it stands right now is what I want you guys to be able to answer at the end of the episode. Mm. And then, of course, as we're going to present during the episode, consider how you could do both. How you could be interchangeably negative versus positive salesperson. So let's get into uh, a little bit of story time to help illustrate the point here, Joe. What do you say? Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. So, you want me to start? Yeah. What kind of salesperson are you? Are you positive or negative or both? You know what? I'm going to say I'm both. And yet I will tell you that the story will begin back in my late teens, early 20s when I got into the exercise equipment retail space. So again, as a retailer, I was focused in on the equipment and I was focused in on the, I had a problem back then. It was all about feature dumping. It was feature dumping and talking about the specs of the product and it was Mm -hmm. benefits, benefits, benefits. So I was a positive only salesperson. And again, the benefits of, of the product, it was spec, spec, spec. It wasn't how it benefited the person it was literally, this is so good. Here's the quality. This is so good. Here Why the, wouldn't and you was, want it? Right? Yeah. Because, you know, here I am, this guy who, when I started in the exercise equipment industry, and it could be any industry, but in my case, here's the story. The way that I felt about exercise and how it impacted my life to be able to put on you know, a little bit of muscle and gain some strength and gain some confidence, that is not what I was selling. What I was selling mm. was, here's this closed cell phenolic laminated deck that had a four layer belt with a four horsepower continuous duty motor. I mean, what the hell? So I'm talking about (laughs) the specs and I'm thinking that this is benefit, benefit. It's not benefit. It's all spec, spec, spec. Later on, I only focused on the benefits of weight loss or the benefits of 
being more flexible. And the and and so as I've gotten older in my career, I started learning more about the benefits of as a salesperson. The the focal point of what is the pain point that you have, and how can I actually take that pain point and make you feel it even more aggressively so that you want to get out of it. So the answer to your mm -hmm. question is: I used to be a feature dumping syndrome FDS monster. I was barfing all over people with absolutely in like what I thought was incredible information and it was completely useless. And, and then I, then I got better with the, I'm listening to how I could help them based on benefit, 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 and all the positive aspects. And then as I started getting out of that area of sales or career wise, and I started focusing on other spaces in terms of coaching or, you know, other products and services, I started to realize that, hey, you know what, like even at one point in my career, Jeff, I, I was doing trade shows with high end patio furniture uh, products like these, these swings for yeah. that would and, and like these were not cheap. And I would talk about people's level of stress that they felt during the week. And how great it would be to be able to just sit back with a drink and put your feet up and enjoy it. Because how stressed would you be if you didn't have this? As they were sitting in it, I'm like, how do you feel right now? Oh, I feel so great. So what do you feel like on a Friday at yeah. 4 o'clock before you're leaving the office? Oh, my life sucks. I want to get out of there. So I now I will use both. And so yeah. that is really the benefit. And again, it doesn't matter if it's exercise equipment, if it's cars, if it's real estate, if it's coaching, the, 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 the 360 degree approach is the best way. So you have to use both positive and negative. And so, yeah, I went from that space to now I'm being conscious about it. And of course I write scripts mm -hmm. as far as a sales script. So I will make sure that the questions so, the, so doesn't it make sense to add questions that incite both a positive and negative response? The answer is yes. Listen to the rest of this episode. How about you, Jeff? I love it. Yeah, I, I actually went along the same journey, man. So, and, and, you know, the feature dumping was kind of dumped on me. So mm. the first sales script I ever got was uh, when I was selling personal training for the first time. I was in charge of a club in Michigan uh, on the outskirts of Grand Rapids. And my job was to, we've talked about on the show, I was a subcontractor for a gym. I was to sell personal training to gym members who were paying 30 bucks a month. And initially the script that we got was three pages long. And it was, uh, I actually came up with a term for this when I started training and developing salespeople, uh, especially in the fitness room. You don't need to science them in the face. Mm. And that's essentially what this script tried to do. Like that feature dumping to me was just like, you know, uh, let's talk about the science of the human body. Well, here is how you uh, actually go about losing weight. And the funny thing was that, you know, you would see the client's eyes glaze over. Glazing. Now you would think when you see that, that the person developing the script, noticing that, recognizing that, hearing it from his salespeople would say, ooh, yeah, we could probably trim the script up, you know, focus a little bit more, like you said, on the pain points or on the benefits or both. And instead, they said, if you see their eyes glaze over, just ask them a question and roll on. Yeah. And, and it was like, well, you know, aren't we overcomplicating this thing? So eventually, my three-page sales script uh, for me personally became half a page. I was going to say half a page for sure. Yeah. Easily. I was like, dump this, dump that, don't need that. There was a time when we actually drew a picture of a snowman to illustrate how body fat stuck on the body. A snowman. 
Like now imagine that you're an overweight person you and you see a snowman. snowman. And like, exactly. <laughs> like, like you're representing this person with a snowman. They're sitting here with like body dysmorphia already, just I going love like it. What? Wait, are you calling me a snowman? Like, well, no. I have cankles. What do you mean? Horrible, horrible, horrible example. So, uh, <laughs> I awesome. had many, I had many bad examples growing up in sales. All right, guys, and I'm, I'm we happy all to share all of them. We That's all what did. story time's all about, right? The, the, how many times, if you're, if you've been in a position where you're selling products that you have a sales rep, mm -hmm. a representative of a company comes and visits you, and they do a PK, it's product knowledge. Yay. Yeah. And then what do they do? They do nothing but provide you on specs, yeah. how the product's built, what the warranty is. And all they're doing is they're really helping you focus on one freaking thing, which is price. And yeah. nobody makes money selling on price. Unless, of course, you're Amazon, which there's no salesmanship on Amazon. It's price. Don't need if it. You want to, right. If you want to be able to provide value and incite an emotional response, whether it's positive or negative, what mm -hmm. questions are you asking that will incite that? Or what offers are you putting to the table that get people excited, whether it's a positive or negative? And that's the question of today. So. Yeah. Yeah, I find it fascinating that people get caught up because, again, they get a visit from the sales rep. The sales mm -hmm. rep comes in and they're talking about, I don't know, let's say you do consumer electronics. And they're showing you this, this new chip and these new wires and this new pixelated uh, you know, screen and everything else or LED screen or gas plasma mm -hmm. display. It doesn't matter. And if you get excited about that and then the rep takes you out for a few drinks and now all of a sudden you feel compelled that, oh, I got to help this rep because they were really nice. They took me out to dinner. Yeah. Meanwhile, it's like, did they actually help you nope. in terms of your sales process or did they just wine and dine you a little bit and you feel guilty, which in and of itself is an interesting, you know, ploy, which that's a whole other episode. Anyways, <laughs> yeah, I, I just, I, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head. This topic is actually really good, Jeff, because if you want to get a, you will get a better handle at building a relationship with someone, ask those questions, understand them. And then what mm. are their pain points and what is the dream? So ultimately what this boils down to you guys, if you're starting to see the connection with your sales process is selling on emotion versus selling on logic. And actually on our next episode, we're going to talk about when to sell, when not to sell. This yeah. is going to come back. And it's, it's sort of an overarching theme for us with help more sell more because you, you do realize that with every episode that we're talking about, all the action points pertaining to your sales process are focused on getting you to improve yourself at a listening and emotional response uh, as it pertains to your product or service in order to make the close easier, to make the opportunity to buy for the consumer a simple decision. That's what we want to do. Now, you guys obviously realize if we're selling on logic, we're selling based on price like Joe was just mentioning. So we're looking for sales. We're looking for deals. If I don't get a deal, I'm not buying from you. I'm buying from the guy with the deal. But if we focus on emotion instead, that is when making the sale becomes easier. And the funny thing is both positive and negative selling have the ability to elicit an emotional response as it pertains to your product or service. Think about it. The pain point, how amazing would it be if you could alleviate this pain? That's going to have an emotional response. They're going to think about themselves absent this pain. Yeah. And it's going to sound amazing. And they're going to be bought in on that. On the positive side, how amazing would it be if you could have this 
greater experience? Um, how would you feel after losing this weight? What is losing this weight going to do for you? How is it going to impact your, your everyday life, your relationships, your job, blah, blah, blah. And we start like envisioning what I like to call the positive future self, right? This is who I could be if I work with you. And we talked about ROI last time. So this term came up a few times on that episode. So we're bringing it back again. Like that is how I think of positive selling. It's the, like Joe was saying, the benefits, it's achieving these goals. It's thinking about the future of who I'm going to be after having worked with you or purchased your products, et cetera. And it, and it doesn't matter what it is that you're selling. So I'm, I'm looking at you right now, Jeff, as you're sipping back what looks to me like a, a, a latte. I'm not sure. Uh, all right. I'm not uh, sure what cold it is. brew, cold brew, with a cold brew. Nice. But I'm, I, you're, you're wearing what some people would call a beanie or a toque. I don't know, depending on where you, you're from. So in Canada, we call south of the border beanie. It's a beanie. And in Canada, we call it a toque. So here's an example. If I use what you're wearing right now to keep your head warm and mm. or fashionable and or both. Right. In, in, in the context of it would be Here's the bad way to, in my opinion, to sell a toque, right? Or a beanie. It's mm -hmm. like, well, it's made of, of this material. It's cotton wool blend. Uh, it, it, it's great because it sucks up moisture and blah, blah, blah. Okay. How about, hey, so how often do you go outside? Have you ever been outside where you're not wearing anything to keep your head warm? What does that feel like? Right? How long mm -hmm. do you spend time outside for? So then it's imagine where you have something on your head where if you do end up perspiring, it would be able to wick away some of that moisture so that your ears mm -hmm. don't get cold. So suddenly I'm going, how does that feel? And I'm, I'm asking you questions first. I'm finding out how long you're staying out for. And it's like, how cold is it where you are? So have you ever experienced frostbite ever? Right? And so suddenly I'm taking a negative thing and it's like, you don't want to have that. So there's a little bit of fear. There's the negative aspect. Then it's the, how does it feel when you're, can you imagine yourself after a long day being outside where you're by the fire and you know, you're having a hot cocoa and it just feels good. Imagine where it felt like that, even when you were outside and all you had to do was purchase this beanie or this toque and it's blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, you see where I'm going with this? I, yep. I'm using something as silly as, you know, and never mind. I could have talked about how it looks and, and mm -hmm. man, you, this, look at this style. It, it, doesn't that look good? Take a look in the mirror, dude, you look awesome. So suddenly I'm taking all of these things and these comments that are making people feel good. And this is where people make the mistake. They don't ask questions or somebody says, yeah, I'm looking for, I'm looking for a beanie or I'm looking for a toque. And you know what they do? Yeah. We got a whole bunch of them over here. Let me tell you about them. If you go back to some of our first episodes, telling's not selling. Yep. So shut the hell up about telling them about it. And let me ask you, oh, let me, let me ask you some questions. And then mm -hmm. we can focus in on how we're going to be able to use the emotional response. Are we going to go problem, agitate, solve? Right? Am I going to take mm -hmm. the problem and I'm going to agitate it, which of course incites that emotional response. And then that sense of urgency, Jeff, is it mm -hmm. false sense of urgency where it's like, well, if you buy it now, right? <laughs> You know, if you don't, yeah. buy, if you don't buy it now, it's going to be on tomorrow. It's going up in price. Now I'm not suggesting that if, if that's the truth, if the price is going up, then by all means say that on the, because that's all, also a negative, you know, thing, right. As opposed to, yeah. Hey, take advantage of this now because we've only got 40 of these left and mm -hmm. we're only at 9am here and the store just opened, for example. So like they're going to be, be gone, gone by the week. So that's, those are real things that you could take advantage of. 
right? Mm -hmm. So there's just a variety of things that people forget. They don't ask questions and they don't cre like, so creating a true sense of fear of missing out. These are opportunities, right? 100%. So, you know, the, the bottom line is this guys, and then we're going to get to some key points here. Positive selling is focused on goals, the potential, the this positive future for this person. You purely would focus on that. If you, yeah, the dream. If you were only focusing on positive selling, or you were only a positive salesperson, and you didn't touch negative at all. That's what you would do. You would just get goals and then move forward. Yeah, we're gonna achieve those goals. Done, right? You don't talk about pain points at all. Uh, negative selling is where you discover those pain points by asking those questions like Joe was saying, and then you agitate them, and then you talk about your solution for those pain points. Now here's And the thing. it's also, it's also, again, one's the dream, the negative is the nightmare. Yeah. Because now, yep. truly, right? And, yep. it, and the power of the words that we use, so it, using words like imagine, guys, ladies and gentlemen, if you're using power words in sales, Here's mm -hmm. a powerful one. Imagine whether it's positive or negative. So imagine again, going back to the beanie and slash toque example, imagine being outside and then you've lost your keys. You can't get back in and you forgot to put your beanie on. Now you're putting your hands over your ears because it's cold. Imagine if you're stuck outside for that length of time, imagine what your ears feel like. Have you ever had that feeling where it's like, feels like a dog is biting down on your ear and it's that cold. You know that feeling I'm talking about? I'm creating the nightmare, yeah. right? And, and am I talking about how the beanie or toque is built? No. Am I talking about the price? No. Am I building value for owning it? Hell yeah. Yep. That's a and, nightmare. And you're, but you're, you know, again, if you're framing only the nightmare, that's where we can right. fall into this, like, uh, this, this box that's mm -hmm. not going to serve every single potential client that you have. And, and that's ultimately what we're trying to get at you guys is if you only negative sell or you only positive sell, you're going to miss out on some sales. You're going to. Because not everybody responds to those uh, scenarios the same way. So, okay, so for example, so I, I was gonna go ahead. I, I, I was gonna ask you a question before you move forward, Jeff. If if you oh, were if ahead. you were to look at it from a template, uh -huh. where if you because I know that you use both, both positive and negative, right? Do you, do you go into the like after you because you're a master of discovery. After your discovery process, do you focus in on some of the negative aspects or the nightmare piece first, then come to the, you know, like the sun is rising, uh, it, it's, it's, here's the, you know, you're coming out of the darkness and here's the positive ending or do you, do you, do, does it depend? No, it's, there's no it's wrong or there's no right. Exactly, I'm just curious. It's exactly that for me. So, uh, here's the scenario, right? So I, I run Burley sales and I also work with Joe and what we do is we take people's sales processes, systems, and also their skill set when it comes to selling. For example, objection handling is what we focus on in the SOS Dojo. So we'll, we'll t have them come in. I'm asking questions, right? So initially, there, there, it's the, the choose your own adventure book where the first several chapters are based around just building a foundation and rapport and understanding of the characters, mm. right? And then after that, you get to choose the adventure. So what I'm doing is I'm listening twice as much as I'm talking, maybe three times as much, and just paying attention to this person while I ask them those questions, paying attention to body language, tone of voice, 
uh, their voice inflection, cadence of their voice, volume, all that stuff. I'm paying attention to them heavily. I'm asking those questions that get me more information. As I discover that information, I'm going to find out which way we're going, right? And then once I figure out like, oh, this person's solely focused on goals, they're a focus forward type person, they don't bring up the negative, I might ask a few questions to try and find out if there is any sort of negative association with what's going on. But most likely, they're going to bring me their problems. In the example of sales, what do people come to us for, Joe? They come to us because they're not closing enough, they're not making enough money, they're not getting paid. These are all pain points. Yep. So chances are pretty high that a pain point comes up first. The pain point comes up, we'll address that. Now we'll problem agitate solve, but the solution is where we shift to that positive focus. And that's where I bring up the positive future self. So I'll start getting them, like you said, to imagine, I wanna paint the picture. Mm -hmm. I wanna bring up like, now imagine this, you've got a full sales staff. They all are closing at 60%. You don't have to worry about hitting your numbers, hitting your sales goals. And the best part about this, you don't have to work in your business. That's it. You can live your life. So that's the positive future self. So yeah, definitely both. Typically, like I said, what happens is through the question asking, if you guys are coaches, if you're a coach out there, it's like 99.9% of the time you're getting a problem to come up first. The pain points come out if you ask the right questions, of course, then you want to focus on, great, we can alleviate that pain. Also, what are our goals or what else do you want? Because I want to know what they want as well. I want to know, I want to develop desire. That's the ultimate like pathway is if I can get them to desire to overcome these pain points, to achieve these goals, bring this all together. We have like a big plan that we're developing here. If they desire that enough, it's not going to matter how much my service costs. They will move heaven and earth to afford this service. And this is what's very interesting. This was very interesting, Jeff. So again, oftentimes in coaching and in our space, you know, people are coming up with a pain, right? (laughs) They're coming to us with pain. Let's go into the place of like product, Mm -hmm. right? Let's say somebody wants to buy a, you know, uh, a a quality, a brand new quality barbecue, or they're getting their yard redone, right? Mm -hmm. Complete renovation in the yard, landscaping. Is it a is it generally a problem or is that more of like, Hey, I want, I want to create my own spa in my backyard. Uh, Suddenly when that that's happening, somebody's going to spend that kind of money. Is that because there's a pain point? The answer is maybe because we don't Mm -hmm. know because right. Maybe somebody is, they want to have that solace in their backyard. Again, there's so many questions that we need to ask. We know that they've got money. That's besides the point. The question here is they're they're ready to to build up on this dream, this idea. Like I have a home right now, right? You know that we're in the process of building our dream home. Mm-hmm. Do I do I need the new dream? No, I don't need it. Do I want it? Hell yeah! And so you know, think of yeah. all of those things that we're going to be purchasing to put inside this dream home. Do we need all this stuff? Well, for us, it's a need more of a want like what kind of refrigerator do you want do you want to have a, a you know basic you know, low-end fridge or are you going to go get yourself a sub-zero and then if you're going to get a sub-zero what makes you purchase that is it you know like is it and what's it's, the positive it's often, negative it's often beyond that right like you're getting at desire if it's not if it's a want not necessarily a need but like you're pushing to get it you're approaching desire 
And Think of a fishing rod. Well, I was just going to give that example. I was like, <laughs> so, so in you know, with with fishing gear, there are multiple price points, huge no gaps, huge gaps, especially if you get into the saltwater stuff. But let's just say inland fishing, freshwater stuff, right? I can get a full setup for fifty bucks, Easy. and I can go fish with that, and I can catch fish with that. Now, yep. would I be happy with that? I mean. If I'm catching fish, I'm usually pretty happy. But here's the thing. <laughs> when it comes to just user experience, the user experience of a $200 setup versus a $50 setup is nice. insanely different. But yep. if you come at me and you say, let me tell you about the gear components. I've got a lot of friends that are super nerds with fishing, by the way, and they'll they'll get into it. And I just say, guys, I just I don't I don't care. I don't care how it works. So if you come at me with all like the components and like what makes this reel different from this reel, I don't care that much at all. I want to focus on the feel. How is this going to make me feel? How's it going to look when I'm fishing with this? I'm kind of like showing off in Instagram pictures or something. And then how is it going to perform when I'm fishing? Because there is a big difference. Oh, it's God. easier to fish with those high end combos. Quick story. Quick story. Okay. I'll share this. Is it a musky yeah. story? No, no, it, it, as a matter of fact, it's a walleye story and it's not even Ooh. mine. It's a friend of mine, Dan, who's a tournament fisherman. And mm -hmm. I mean, he, you know, he, he's upgraded his boat several times. He's now buying another Ranger and he's, he's get, yeah. I mean, it's, he's nice. customizing the whole thing. He's going from a 300 horse to a 400 horse Merc. It's just getting crazy, right? Mm -hmm. He's telling me about a story that he was out fishing and he on Lake of the Woods and he he purposefully put on these lower priced hooks. Mm -hmm. He does bottom bouncing and long story anyways, these the lower priced hooks. And he says, Joe, I had a monster on monster walleye. He goes, got to yeah. be and he, he watched it on his Garmin uh, live scope. So anybody who yeah. knows fishing, all these things that I'm mentioning, like these are high end components. Here's the crazy part. He watched the fish hit. He knew it was huge. He could feel it. And as he was bringing it up, the hook broke. And no. he's, he, yeah, the hook broke. And he, oh, he was no. using a certain brand of hook that many people know. And he usually, when he's tournament fishing, he was not tournament fishing that day. Lesson learned was he's only going to use the, the Kamigatsu hooks from now on. Yep. Right. Yep. Which are incredible high, high quality. Yep. And I don't need to mention how they're made. I can just say this. The hooks will never break and you will never lose the dream monster fish. So yeah. ask me what I use in my tackle when I have the chance. I'm always going on the high end because I don't want what happened to my friend Dan happening to me. Mm -hmm. That story. I mean, we're talking hooks. Like yep. It's not the hooks aren't that expensive. Yet you and I both know, and you're you're more of an angler than I am. Um, it you can spend oodles of money on gear, oh. and so do you get caught I up do. in how it's made? <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. And and one of the things here, this is very interesting, right? Am I coming to people when when I'm buying fishing gear it, because it's a passion, or if I'm buying guitar equipment because it's a passion? You know, you one of my mentors used to say to me, Joe, you can't spend too much money on your hobbies which in and of itself is very interesting because that could mm -hmm. be an objection from your significant other. What do you mean you're buying another guitar? What do you mean you're buying another fishing rod? What do you mean you're buying another bike? Which, you know, like we could have a whole yep. talking about the, the, the spousal objection could be a four part series for I, us. I think Anyways, that'll be coming up future. Yeah, episode. for sure. 
So, however, what's really interesting in this context of the positive and negative and the sale is you go back to imagine you're bringing this monster dream fish up and you're the hook breaks. How does that make you feel? Has that ever happened? Have you ever lost a big fish before? See all these questions. Then on the flip side is imagine you're bringing up the big, the big one. And how does that feel when you net it? You know, imagine that you're holding that fish in front of the camera and you're going to throw it up on Instagram and Facebook. Like, un, like those, those emotions have a different emotion than snapping, the, you know, either whether a yeah. line breaks or like, and that's the difference between that $200 setup and 50. And, and it's, it's a different type of emotion that you're listening, mm-hmm. emotional response that you're listening, but it's at the same level to achieve that desire that you need to make the sale. Yeah. Like that, that's exactly the point. So the way you just described that, I think was really helpful. And hopefully that helped you guys listening to this, to this episode to really understand or illustrate the point of that difference between positive and negative selling. Absolutely. And again, I said it at the beginning of the episode, there's a dichotomy here. You can also flip flop between the two right in the middle of the appointment. So if you pay attention, if you listen, if you practice active listening, you're going to hear the pain, the problem come up, then you can address that. That's when you use your negative selling. Now, it's usually not just one thing that a person wants when they're coming to you for your service. Let's say you're a coach. Let's say you're a fitness coach. Nobody's coming up to a fitness coach and saying, I just want to lose five pounds. (laughs) I don't care about anything else. Just lose five pounds. If that number on the scale reads five pounds less in six weeks, you're great. Nobody has ever said that in the history of fitness coaching. So they're coming to you because they want to lose five pounds. They want their body fat to go down because they'd love to see more muscle definition. They also want to get stronger because they've been feeling weak lately. Their lungs are at a lower capacity. They're walking upstairs. They're out of breath. They can't bring all the groceries in in one trip. They're mad about that. They can't pick up their kids over the top of their head because their shoulder strength isn't there. There is a million reasons they're working. They want to feel sexy. They want to be attractive. They want to fit in the dress. They want to fit in those jeans. You know, yeah. they, they, the guy wants to have a little bit of, uh, you know, like he wants to have a, a slightly tighter fitting shirt, but it's more form fitting. Like there's a whole variety of reasons. A medium. Got it. A so, so it's I like, shop at Baby Gap. <laughs> some of those, some of those are pain points. Some of those are like, they're not causing them pain, but they're a thing they'd like to do. So that's a positive thing. So you have an opportunity to utilize, utilize both. And if you guys want to have the best chance of success when it comes to closing a sale, you need to utilize both. You need to pay attention and you need to ask those questions and get to the point where you understand which direction is negative, which is positive, and just take the fork in the road and then come back and do the other one too. Oh, because yeah. if you stack that, if you stack that, desire is so easy to build. I, like The reason this topic came up today is because I've worked with several people recently and I've realized through their sales process, they purely focused on pain points. The problem was when there wasn't a pain point. And I was yeah. like, well, here's the problem, you guys. Like, you literally only try to find pain points. And if you can't find a strong enough one, you can't elicit an emotional response. If you can't do that, they don't desire your service and your service is expensive. So they're not going to buy. Right. What are you doing? Like, flip the script. Go for the positive angle. If the negative isn't working, you have to be able to flip the script. You have to and go test the, the other water. direction. Test yeah. the waters. I mean, it, 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 it's ludicrous to think that you're only going to ask for the sale once. 
So you test the waters and you ask and, and you hear a no, you don't quit. You go back at it and you ask more questions. And it, you know what? If it's not working on the negative side, focus on the positive side. And it's interestingly yeah. enough, some people will respond because if, especially if you don't know your prospect really well, and I like to use the word guest, if you don't know your guest really well, mm -hmm. asking questions gets you to build on that relationship. And then you find out, oh, okay, I can... You know, and you, you've been saying active listening, Jeff, it's so great. And you know, I think we could, we could definitely have a, a, a podcast about listening with your eyes. Pay yeah. attention, listen with your eyes. What are they saying? Well, not without saying it, what, what are their eyebrows doing? Are they, are there, is their mouth moving in such a way where they're smirking or are they sneering? These are things that you, as a good yeah. There's a difference between being good and a great salesperson. Great salespeople, they're reading it all the time. This is why, you know, you and I, Jeff, we all, we've, we've always said live and in person, then it's video conference, then it's a telephone call, then it's, you know, email and or text. I mean, in that order, you, 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 know, you want to be able to read somebody. Yeah. So, yeah, you'll know. Is it a sneer or is it a smile? Focus you, need, on you need to have the opportunity to read the body language, you guys. So if you're what Joe was talking about there is escalating the, the communication. So you want to get to the point where you're in person, ideally understand that's not always possible. So Zoom calls are definitely an option. Everything below that kind of sucks and I'd avoid it if I could. So mm -hmm. like selling over the phone, not easy. There are definitely some people that are great at it. I'd say most people struggle with it. Oh, selling via most... text next to impossible. Like you're and it's weak. At, yeah, it's terrible. It's terrible. That relies on your your prospect, your guest being sold already. And essentially you just being like, how do you want to pay? Here's your PayPal link, right? Like that's yeah. what you're doing. All right. So let's cap off the episode uh, with this. You guys just, again, walking away from this, what was the big question? It was, are you a negative or a positive salesperson? And I mean, just right now, just having listened to this episode, do you feel that you sell mostly in a negative way, targeting pain points, problem agitate solve, or in a positive way where you're just identifying goals and focusing on a positive future self. Where are you now? How could you go back to your sales process, take it back to the whiteboard, and how could you combine the two? How could you practice and improve how you positive or negative sell and be able to do both to flip flop mm -hmm. during your appointment. How could you incorporate that? That's what we want you thinking about. That's the action step today. You guys, thank you so much for listening again. Drop us a five star review. If we were able to help you out today, make sure five you're stars. applying and taking action right now. And if you guys want to join our free group, you can join on Facebook, the help more sell more uh, group for this podcast, where we'll be posting some more content come the new year. And by the way, once we get that to, what do we say, Joe? Like 100, I think we're doing a giveaway at 100 uh, people in that group and then another giveaway over at 500. So just yep, join the group. Absolutely. Once we get those numbers, we'll pick somebody for that. It'll be a lot of fun. All right, guys, until next episode, get out there, help more people, sell more, and move yourself closer to wealth. Uh, I'm Jeff Burlingame with Joe Marcoux signing off. We'll see you next episode.